Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, all so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs today. Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. This is episode 62. I'm so glad that you decided to join me today, and it's been a little bit of time. My last podcast was about luxuriating in the Easter graces, and have continued to do that, but had a couple of bumps along the road in my personal life, so haven't been with all of you recently. So I'm going to be reflecting on some food for the head, heart, hands, and feet to help you be able to get through those unexpected challenges that present us in our lives, and to help us keep our eyes focused on Christ so that we can go and continue to luxuriate in the Easter graces, but especially to be able to share the peace and joy of this Easter season of the person of Jesus with others. Hey everyone, Christina Simmons from Say Yes to Holiness here. This is episode 62 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. And today I want to share food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, as I said in my introduction and overview, that is going to help us be able to continue to luxuriate in the graces of Easter and hopefully be able to share the peace and joy of who Jesus is with other people. But also, how do you get through those bumps in the road? Because I've had a few bumps uh, in the last uh, week and a half. And so I'll share a little bit about that as I'm sharing that food for the head, heart, hands, and feet today. So let's begin with St. John Bosco, who gives us our food for the head. And he says, health is God's great gift, and we must spend it entirely for him. Our eyes should see only for God. Our feet walk only for him. Our hands labor for him alone. In short, our entire body should serve God while we still have the time. Then when he shall take our health and we shall near our last day, our conscience will not reproach us for having misused it. So many times, uh, you know, we all will uh, set out periodically to do a new eating or fitness plan or, you know, things that have to do with our health. Um, it might be that we went to a doctor, uh, you know, up, you know, visit, and uh, they suggested that we change something uh, in order to not cause problems later. And the fact, though, is, is that how often do we do something like that, though, because we want to feel and look better. I know I'm guilty of this, um, and although it's not wrong for us to want to look or you know look better or feel better, um, it means we really have missed the point of our health to begin with. And this was really uh, brought home uh, to me, uh, not in, in uh, <clears throat> not me personally suffering ill health, but my husband having an episode in which he ended up having to go into the hospital for several days and where they did many tests and they all came back you know, negative, there's no serious issues that we're aware of. 
Um, but it was in conjunction with him taking his uh, second COVID vaccine shot. And, but the fact was, is that, you know, best guess is, is that there was a, a reaction to medicines that he is taking uh, with the vaccine and COVID and it just all kind of that perfect storm. Um, and so he had a small episode where we had to have the paramedics come out to the house. By the time they got there, he was okay. He was functioning. He was fine. But it was a little scary, um, you know, during those, uh, you know, five to seven minutes where um, he was kind of unresponsive. And, uh, you know, and that was why we called 911 to begin with. Um, but the fact is, is that it really brought to the fore about the fact of how health truly, truly is a great gift. And it can be gone in a moment. Um, I know when uh, both of us uh, were sick with COVID last summer, and I remember that six-week period and the fact of um, actually my book came out during that time frame, um, and, uh, <laughs> and there was nothing I could do in order to, you know, really uh, publicize it or do any of the kind of things that I had planned to do with it. So actually, I'm going to do it this this July, um, you know, year anniversary and do big celebration. But anyway, I digress. So, but the the fact was is that I remember that time frame of I was just appreciative to have the energy to be able to go and sit out on the front porch um, and, you know, uh, just to be present. And that was really the big lesson that I, I learned. Uh, one of them was, you know, to be in the moment, to be in the present moment and to truly immerse myself in it and to be um, in union with God's will for me in that moment and not worry about all the stuff, the things that we think we have to do. Um, and uh, in fact, um, you know, Paul just shared with me, my husband uh, just shared with me, he's reading St. Faustina's uh, Diary of Divine Mercy. And he shared with me that uh, I think the quote was something to the effect of God, uh, with all the things that we intend to do, God in his mercy looks at, do we intend to do these things? And it just didn't happen because other things came up that we were supposed to be attentive to, um, or we ran out of energy going back to our health. And if our intention is to do these things, then God and his mercy is fine with that fact that if they don't get done. And I think this is the greatest challenge we have in our world that is so focused upon productivity. Um, you know, so it's something of where for any of us who have suffered ill health at any point, and all of us have, you know, it could be a cold, could have been COVID, or those of us who have to bear the cross of having to suffer from like an autoimmune disease or a debilitating injury or any kind of physical element. We know the gift of good health, but so often we take it for granted, don't we? So whenever we tend to take anything for granted, it's usually because we're tending to make it about ourselves rather than making it about God and others. All gifts are given to us for others. They're given to us for the body of Christ. And this is what we have to remember. We benefit, of course, we benefit from having good health. We benefit from feeling good and, you know, looking good and being able to go out and to do things, but it's all for others. And we have to remember that. So our health should always be about God and striving to spend our health, spend our gift 
well, be good stewards of it. And so that we can spend it in ways that are going to bring glory and praise to God and also be able to help us help others live those lives of purpose and peace and abundance. So, you know, as we're thinking about our health, or we might be struggling right now with our health, you know, be grateful to God for whatever it is that he's given us. St. Ignatius of Loyola always talks about detachment, and he, t- he talks about being detached from whether or not I'm in sickness or in health. Same thing as when we take our marriage vows, that we'll be faithful to one another regardless of circumstance. And in the same way, we're called to faithfulness. We're called to spend the great gift that God has given us of our health well. We spend it for him. We spend it for others. And in the process, we get the benefit. So our food for the heart, a little bit long, but it comes from uh, Father Cajetan da Bergamo and his book, Humility of Heart. And he talks and he says this, Christ himself taught humility of heart and the heart must not remain idle nor fail to produce the necessary acts. And what acts of humility do you make before God? How often do you make them? When have you made them? How long is it since you made them? It would be absurd to hope for the reward which is promised to the humble without being humble, or at least making acts of humility. Humility of heart without the heart's humbling itself. What folly. Are you foolish enough to believe that this can be done? Is it It is necessary to humble ourselves when we approach God with prayer to obtain some grace because God does not regard nor heed nor impart his grace except to the humble. When therefore you come to ask God for some grace of the body or of the soul, do you always remember to practice this humility? When we pray and especially when we say the Our Father, we are speaking to God. And how many times when you are saying your prayers, do you speak to God with less respect than if you were speaking to one of your fellow creatures? How often when you're in church, which is the house of God, do you listen to a sermon, which is the word of God, and assist at the functions of the service without any reverence? Humility of heart says St. Thomas, is accompanied by exterior reverence. And to be lacking this is to lack humility and is therefore a sin of pride, which excludes reverence. So lots of questions in there. Lots of things for us to reflect upon. But I want to focus upon the fact of humility of heart and that when we're in church in particular, so as we come back to Mass, how are we assisting at the, at the functions of the service? Are we doing it with reverence? Are we attentive to full conscious and active participation in the mass? That's one place where we can reflect. But the other is when we come before God and we're asking for what's deepest in our hearts, are we doing it with humility? Or are we doing it with demand? Are we coming and saying, Lord, you need to do this? Or are we saying, Lord, if this is your will, please do this. I know that this is a really hard distinction sometimes because God wants us to cry out in our need. He wants us to cry out to him and say, Father, please, you know, take away this cross, take away this suffering, take away, you know, this struggle that I have. 
And many times, you know, he might do that. But the fact is, is that we have to come before God with humility. We have to come and approach him from a place as children do. Where when our kids come to us, they don't demand, okay? But rather they ask. They say, can I have? I'd like to have. And then they're trying to help us be able to see from their point of view that this is something that they would really like. And most times we know what those things are. But our Heavenly Father knows all things. But he desires for us to come and to give him all of our needs and all of our desires that's in our hearts and minds from a place of humility, where we're thankful first for being able to spend time in conversation and grow in friendship with him. And we're grateful to be a son or daughter of God who can come and ask for all things. It's the opportunity to be in his presence. It's from this place of humility that our Lord responds to our needs and desires. Father Cajetan tells us that if we desire any grace, then we have to humble ourselves first, or at least at a minimum to speak with respect and reverence. Now, that doesn't mean when we're angry with God that we can't express our anger. But you and I both know that we don't have to express our anger with another person or with God in a way of disrespect. We can still respect and honor the dignity of the person that we are angry with. We don't have to be demeaning. We don't have to be, um, you know, uh, derogatory. In the same way, how are we coming before our Heavenly Father? Something for us to reflect upon. Our food for the hands comes from the School of Love Daily Reflection. And just as an aside, the School of Love is a ministry that's based out of the Archdiocese of Kansas City, Kansas, and is specifically focused upon providing daily reflections, particularly for families to use, to be able to break open the, the word, you know, the scripture of the day, and to give you a short reflection and a short resolution to be able to implement it into your family life. So if you're married or you have kids, any, any type of family, uh, check it out. The School of Love uh, in uh, Arch, the Archdiocese of Kansas City, Kansas. But they, this was a recent daily reflection. They said, are we following the instruction of Christ? Are we sharing the good news of the faith with others, many others? Do we share the gospel with all whom we can, with those whom we know well and with strangers? People are empty, lost, dissatisfied, and deeply lonely. We cannot keep this good news to ourselves because we fear embarrassment or awkwardness in sharing it. The Lord thirsts for souls. Souls, though many don't know it, thirst for the Lord. The Lord has asked us to play some part in this mission. One very helpful way to share the faith is to learn and even practice a concise explanation of the faith or of our own faith story that we can share with others. So why am I sharing this food for the hands today? Because during the Easter season, it's good for us not to just reflect upon when we're, whether we're following the instructions of Christ, 
but whether we're sharing the good news, that eternal life, that the son of God came to be with us so that we could have eternal life, that the invitation is there. And to give our example of living a life in accordance with the instruction of Christ. This is why it's important for us to ask, am I following the instruction of Christ? It's because it's by our life, by our lives lived well, lived with virtue, lived with courage, with gentleness, with kindness, with goodness. That is how we share the good news at all times and in all places. But it goes beyond just living a good life. It goes beyond living in accordance with the instruction of Christ. It also means that we need to be able to share easily, freely, quickly our source of what brings us joy. St. Paul said, always be able to give a reason for the cause of your joy. The cause of my joy is Jesus. Why? Because he called me. He calls all of us. I've been chosen. For those of you who might be fans of, as I now am, of The Chosen, uh, which is a uh, it's not a TV series, but it is a multi-season series about the life of Christ called The Chosen. You can find it, uh, The Chosen app. That's as simple as it's called. Or you can go to thechosentv.com and you can watch the episodes for free. But there's one scene in which Philip is talking to Matthew in which he says, all that matters is that Jesus chose you. And that is what is the good news. It doesn't matter what the world says. What matters is that Jesus chose you. God chose all of us. Jesus is God. God chose all of us to be his sons and daughters. We have to but say yes. But many times we don't know that we've been created to be the bearer of the good news in our particular manner, way, and place by being fully who we are, what we are, where we are each and every day. And if you think about it even further in this particular time and place, so it's not just the geographical place, but the chronological place that you are in all of salvation history. We have been placed here for a particular reason, and it's to be able to be the bearer of the good news that God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son so that we could have eternal life. John 3.16. This is the essence to be chosen, to be invited into relationship. We each are unique and unrepeatable signs of God's love and mercy in the world. And no one else can share the good news like you can. No one else. So contrary to what the world tells you, you don't have to have a huge following. You don't have to be an influencer on social media or even a great speaker. All you have to do is share the good news, share the cause of your joy with other people, particularly during this Easter season. Share your story. Share how God is making a difference in your life. 
by giving you purpose, by helping you find peace in the midst of difficult circumstances. So like when my husband went into the hospital, you know, a week and a half ago, it prevented me from getting a podcast out. But the fact is, is that in the midst of that, I knew exactly where I was supposed to be, what I was supposed to be about. And I had peace knowing that God was going to take care of everything, regardless of what that was. So a lot of people were like, oh, you must have been really afraid or you're really anxious or really worried. And it's like, no, providentially, when this incident happened, we had our pastor and um, a seminarian who's at our parish for the summer, they were over for dinner. And when this happened, <laughs> our pastors were waiting for the paramedics came, anointed my husband. Talk about joy. It's like, even if something was to happen, I knew that it was going to be okay because he had received all of what he needed in order to make that transition if it was his time. And that is the joy of the presence of Christ in our midst. That is the joy. But we have to share that story. We have to share how Jesus has conquered the power of sin, darkness, and death of how it is that we are destined for fulfillment, happiness, and eternal life. We have to share it. Our food for the feet comes from St. Faustina and her diary, Divine Mercy. I desire trust for my creatures. This is Jesus speaking to St. Faustina. I desire trust for my creatures. Encourage souls to place great trust in my fathomless mercy. Let the weak, sinful soul have no fear to approach me. For even if it had more sins and there are grains of sand in the world, all would be drowned in the unmeasurable depths of my mercy. So we celebrated Divine Mercy Sunday. And it's important to remember the message that Jesus shared with St. Faustina. And he shares it right here. He desires for us to trust him. He wants us to place our trust in his mercy. And he wants us to never be afraid to approach him, regardless of our sin, regardless of what we have done, regardless of our weaknesses. He never wants us to be afraid to approach him. There is no sin, no sin that God's mercy cannot overcome. Nor is there so much sin in our lives that God can't help us properly order our lives if we ask, if we but say yes. But we have to say yes to God's mercy. We have to say yes to allowing him to use his power to transform our lives. We have to say yes and trust that he is the creator of all things and that he can refashion us into the new creatures that he created us to be that are capable of helping him transform the world. And if we're struggling to say yes, look to Mary. And that's my final invitation for you today. I'm getting ready to lead a Marian consecration. I'm going to be using the book Child Consecration to Jesus Through Mary by Blythe Marie Kaufman. It's a very tiny little short book. And I'm going to be beginning that on Wednesday, April 28th. It's going to be leading up to May 31st for our celebration on the Feast of the Visitation. You can go to www.sayyestoholiness.com. And you can find the Marian Consecration Group sign up and you can just sign up there. Each day in the morning, 
I'm going to be doing the, I'm going to read aloud the prayers and the short little reflection that is in the book. And then I'll probably just give a couple of minutes of my thoughts um, about where we are in the journey. And then that's be what we do each day in the morning. I'll be on Zoom, so you could join me in Zoom or in Facebook Live. So I really encourage you to look to Mary to be able to have that grace to say yes to all that God desires to do in your life. And it, this is how we're able to get through those obstacles and those challenges and those bumps in the road. It is by having trust in Jesus. It's by having trust that God is going to take care of all things that if it be his will for us to have health or not, if it is, you know, his will for us to, you know, be put in a particular place where we share our story for him to give us the words that we need, but we need to approach him with humility and we need to trust. We need to say yes. So what might be some resolutions that you could take from this conversation today? Well, the first one, of course, at the end of my uh, session uh, in sharing, I talked about the Marian consecration. And in case you missed that, um, there'll be another opportunity for you to hear the information, get more details about it following this resolution. So that's one way. Make your Marian consecration or renew it. That's one way that you can say yes um, and you can take uh, take steps today. Another is to look at sharing your story with how Jesus is making your life different with at least one person. Look for the opportunity, allow the Holy Spirit to prompt you and to trust that he will give you whatever words you need in order to be able to share your story so that you can help transform the life of another person by sharing the cause of your joy. And a final one, and us to be attentive to humility and being humble, spend at least three minutes at the beginning of your prayer time by expressing your gratitude and thankfulness for the gift of being able to be in God's presence. Are you wondering how you might be able to continue to live out the fullness of the graces of this Easter season? Well, look no farther than to look to make your Marian consecration. Beginning on April 28th, running until May 31st, the Feast of the Visitation, I'm going to be leading a Marian consecration group that's going to be using Blythe Marie Kaufman's Child Consecration to Jesus Through Mary book, which follows in the spirituality of St. Therese of the Little Flower. Here's your opportunity to come to learn more about Mary through the easy and simple way of using the child consecration. It's not just for children. It's actually a very profound and deep experience that I myself have gone through. And I want to invite you and others to join me so that we can not just open ourselves up to being able to receive the tender assistance and love of our Blessed Mother, but also so we can draw closer to her son, Jesus. So I invite you to go to my website, www.sayyestoholiness.com, and sign up for the Marian Consecration Group today. Thanks again 
for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes or message me through the Say Yes to Holiness Facebook page at Say Yes to Holiness through my website at www.sayyestoholiness.com or send an email directly to me at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we have begun here. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we continue to tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation again with you soon.